Hello everyone and welcome to the January 16 edition of the WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles, an attorney with Floyd Scarin, Manukian, and Langevin. Thanks for joining us today. So let's get started with our litigation report. A massive federal lawsuit aims to hold pharmaceutical companies responsible for contributing to the opioid crisis, and a federal judge is seeking a quick resolution. More than 200 individual cases across the nation have been consolidated in a multi-district process being overseen by U.S. District Judge Dan Polster in Cleveland. The state and county governments are suing over what they claim are false marketing practices by pharmaceutical companies that manufacture prescription painkillers, as well as claims that drug wholesalers brought more pills than needed into areas with high levels of addiction, knowing that the pills would be diverted for illegal use. At an initial hearing, Judge Poster pushed for the pharmaceutical manufacturers and governments to settle the dispute quickly. Attorneys from across the country filled every corner of his courtroom in downtown Cleveland, and some were in an overflow room watching over a video feed. He said that the United States is at risk this year of seeing life expectancy go down for the third straight year, a statistic unmatched since the 1918 influenza pandemic. The judge said he does not think anyone in the country is interested in a whole lot of finger pointing at this time, and he is not either. People are not interested in depositions and discovery and trials, he said. Instead, He wants to dramatically reduce the number of the pills that are out there and make sure that the pills that are out there are being used properly. He finished by saying, and then we'll deal with the money. He acknowledged that his statements were likely not what they expected to hear in the first hearing, but that he had given it a lot of thought prior to hearing. The city of Los Angeles sued three port trucking companies alleging the firms exploit their drivers by misclassifying them as independent contractors. The city alleged that CMI Transportation, KNR Transportation California, and Cal Cartage Transportation Express have classified hundreds of workers as independent contractors, even though the companies exert near-complete control over the driver's schedule. All three companies are owned by NFI Industries, a New Jersey-based logistics firm that purchased the business from Long Beach-based California Cartage in October. The suits are the latest in a long-running dispute at the twin ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach. Many port drivers say they are improperly classified and must lease their rigs under unfair terms. They say the lease terms are so onerous that for some they pay periods that make nothing and actually end up owing the trucking company money. The companies established the lease programs to comply with a 2008 city rule mandating low-emission trucks be used to deliver goods to and from the two ports. The city attorney alleged the leases place strict requirements on how many loads must be undertaken for the company, which essentially chains a so-called independent contractor to one firm. 
At the end of the leases, drivers do not own their truck, but are given an opportunity to purchase it for a significant lump sum. That leads many drivers to refinance the lease once again, binding the worker to one company. The Port of Los Angeles tried a decade ago to mandate truckers be employees of companies, fearful that workers could not afford the newer, cleaner rigs. But that mandate was struck down by federal courts, a decision that driver advocates blame for exacerbating an existing problem of abusive leases. Last December, the Los Angeles City Council approved a plan to investigate claims of wage theft by port truck companies. Drivers say their misclassification among many operators that are not part of the recent lawsuit. So the city attorney said his office is investigating adding additional companies to the suit as well. Since 2011, the California Labor Commissioner's Office has awarded port truck drivers more than $46 million in cases where they contended they were misclassified as contractors. And now our crime report. In 2014, Michael D. Drobot, the owner of the Pacific Hospital of Long Beach, agreed to plead guilty to conspiracy and payment of kickbacks. Drobot also agreed to forfeit all right, title, and interest in assets derived from or acquired as a result of his illegal activities. Now federal judge Josephine Staten signed an order directing a personal money judgment of forfeiture against him in the amount of $10 million. He was ordered to make an immediate payment of $300,000 in cash, and then liens were imposed on real estate he owned in Oregon. He was ordered to sell the Oregon properties and to sell his 1965 Aston Martin, his 1958 Porsche, and his 1971 Mercedes-Benz and pay the proceeds of all of these sales to U.S. Attorney's Office. A hearing to determine victim losses and to determine the final amount of restitution is scheduled for May 11, 2018. And the court has not yet established his criminal sentence. The California Labor Commissioner issued citations totaling more than $7 million to the operator of six adult care facilities in Los Angeles for wage theft and other labor law violations. Adot Shalom Borden Care Incorporated was ordered to pay underpaid wages and penalties to 149 former and current employees who provided care to elderly residents 24 hours a day, six days a week. Officials say the caregivers were paid less than $3 an hour for their work. The Labor Commissioner's Office opened its investigation last June and discovered that the caregivers at the six facilities in West Hills, California, were paid less than the minimum wage for each hour they worked. And not paid overtime for working 24-hour shifts six days a week, not relieved from their duties to take meals or breaks either. The live-in caregivers were responsible for monitoring and caring for elderly residents and hospice patients, many of them suffering from Alzheimer's or dementia. In addition to the money for the workers, nearly $175,000 in civil penalties were levied. The civil penalties will be transferred to the state's general fund as required 
by law. Authorities arrested former Visalia Public Cemetery Manager Donna Shores on charges of embezzling and laundering as much as $1.3 million over a five-year period. Shores was arrested in December after a year-long investigation by Visalia Police. Shores was getting ready to retire at the end of 2016, and ahead of her retirement, she handed in the cemetery's accounting books for a forensic audit that revealed the allegedly missing funds. Shores managed the Visalia Cemetery for nearly 20 years, but was fired in late 2016 before she could officially retire. Her attorney denied all charges and said he believes there's a government conspiracy against Ms. Shores. He claims her arrest was retaliation for a workers' compensation case the former manager has filed. Shores claimed she was injured on the job when she was struck by a vehicle. A former insurance agent, Frederick Donald Rollins of Moreno Valley, was sentenced after pleading guilty to stealing more than $100,000 in insurance premiums and investment funds from 10 victims. Rollins has been sentenced to one year in custody and to pay over $100,000 in restitution to his victims. The California Department of Insurance launched an investigation after receiving multiple complaints from insurance carriers. One carrier reported that a company attempted to file a claim for its injured employee under what turned out to be a non-existent policy number and the other complaint from a business owner who discovered they had no legitimate workers' compensation or liability coverage. Investigators discovered that Rollins collected premium payments from several clients for workers' comp and commercial general liability coverage, but failed to place coverage with any insurance carrier. After leaving his insurance agency, Rollins continued to sell fraudulent policies under a corporation he registered with the Nevada Secretary of State. Rollins issued false certificates of insurance which listed the names of valid insurance carriers as the insurance providers of fraudulent policies to conceal the scheme. Rollins also allegedly presented himself as a registered stockbroker and accepted funds for investment from s- investments from several victims as he collected nearly from various individuals. And in regulatory news, day laborers in California hired on a one-time basis would be covered by the state's workers' compensation laws under amendments to a year-old bill proposed in the legislature intended to extend coverage to more workers. AB 206 was just amended to include workers' comp coverage mandates for a person, including a day laborer, employed by the owner or occupant of a residential dwelling, whose duties are incidental to the ownership, maintenance, or use of the dwelling. The draft defines a day laborer as a person who is directly hired by the homeowner or occupant on a one-time basis to perform general maintenance repairs, upgrades, gardening, or landscaping and who does not have a valid business license or a contractor's license or is not required to have those licenses for the work performed. This requirement would apply without regard to immigration status. 
Through a proposed expanded definition of employee for workers' compensation purposes, in effect, expands the scope of standard homeowners insurance policies. Specifically, this bill removes the exclusion for those who work for a homeowner for less than 52 hours in a 90-day period. This would include the teenager hired to mow your lawn, the high school girl who babysits twice a month, and the tax preparer who walk, works in tax season out of her home and who is hired from a Craigslist ad. The DWC suspended seven more medical providers from participating in California's workers' compensation system. This brings the total number of providers suspended to 166. Their providers were suspended for fraud or other criminal actions or the loss of her license. The most notable new suspension announced was David Wayne Fish. Fish was convicted in Los Angeles County Superior Court back in 2010 for receiving kickbacks for the referral of clients. Fish organized dozens of lawyers and doctors to steer more than 4,000 cases to preferred medical providers in order to run up high bills. At the time, he was the president of a company known as Premier Medical Management Systems, a company well-known to workers' compensation claims administrators at the time. Officials say he engaged in the illegal acquisition of patients through an elaborate scheme through which they purchased several thousand workers' compensation client referrals from an attorney television advertising service. When a referral was received for a prospective workers' compensation case, the client was sent to doctors and other health care providers within the defendant's business network. Premier Medical Management Systems handled the billing and collection work in return for a 50% or greater fee. After meeting with a health care provider, the client was sent to a workers' compensation attorney with whom the defendants also had a business relationship. And in other industry news, according to a report from Sedgwick Claims Management Services, finding alternatives for pain management, expanding autonomous claims processes, and controlling the opioid prescription drug crisis are among the workers' compensation issues and trends that employers should watch for in 2018. Pain management will remain at the forefront of workers' compensation industry discussions. And experts say they anticipate that there will be more collaboration between employers, physicians, pharmacists, claims specialists, and patients as they move away from long-term drug therapy and test alternatives. These may include physical therapy, pharmacy management, physician-patient opioid contracts, pain coaching partnerships, behavioral health networks, or alternative therapies. Cedric also says that the movement toward a whole health approach places less influence on individual providers in favor of a more holistic consensus view of treatments and interventions. Under the new norm, centralized support links cross-disciplinary teams, all focused on quality care. Cedric claims more and more employers will be embracing principles of advocacy, empathy, and responsiveness within a whole health environment. And the claims process will continue to become more autonomous. This means on-demand claims adjusting services and smart interfaces that push 
low-touch claims through the process more efficiently and effectively. In addition, on-demand claims adjusting services will allow more flexibility and self-sufficiency when facing property claims. The goal is speeding up the turnaround for high-frequency, low-severity claims and easing the process for consumers. Chatbots and avatars will become more prevalent as support and service options for all lines of business. The industry is even seeing potential for these tools as virtual health coaches for workers' compensation, disability, and wellness programs. Regulatory complexity is expected to continue to increase this year and fines and litigation to be a looming threat for noncompliance. Additionally, diversity and inclusion with claims management will be a key issue. Allianz Insurance has agreed to a $59.2 million investment and strategic partnership with leading telehealth platform American Well to develop digital solutions that will widen access, lower costs, and improve quality of health care for millions of patients worldwide. Allianz X, the digital investment unit of Allianz, led the investment and will join American Well's board of directors. Allianz and American Well will develop digital health solutions that build on American Well's platform and leverage Allianz's international expertise by combining wearable sensors, remote monitoring, and virtual visits. Working with local healthcare stakeholders, the partnership will deliver healthcare to both developed and emerging markets, addressing local regulations, clinical preferences, and financing choices. This global telehealth system will allow providers to treat patients they claim more successfully in the transforming world of connected care. Boston headquartered quartered American Well has developed a telehealth platform that connects patients live with doctors, specialists, and other healthcare providers over secure video. It handles clinical, administration, and security requirements consistent with U.S. healthcare regulations and best practices. American Well serves millions of patients working with national health plans, hospitals, employers, and pharmacies in the United States. Allianz has a goal of investing in digital frontrunners and encourages advancements with the whole healthcare ecosystem. And that is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, iPad, or Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. We also publish a daily flash briefing on the Amazon Alexa Echo platform. Search for Workers' Compensation News on Amazon to join our flash news. Again, I'm Renee Fols, an attorney with Floyd Scarin, Manukian, and Langevin. Thanks for joining us today, and please drop by again next week for more news.